0: Oi, bang! This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli.
1: Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to Brazooka Sounds, episode number 26. It's February, meaning it's Carnival in Brazil, four days of parties, dancing and music, celebrating Samba. And this is what this show is going to be all about. We're going to talk a lot about some indispensable samba songs, and I'm gonna start here with a song that to me is kind of a summary of the genre, the rhythm section of a song really. Tamborim avisou, Cuidado, violão respondeu
2: Me espera, cavaquinho atacou Dobrado, quando a pit chegou Já era, veio surdo e bateu
1: so this song is called Alô Fevereiro, hello February, it's by Doris Monteiro, it's a call and response right? She's basically naming all these instruments that are a big part of a conventional samba group. It's kind of a very clever arrangement showing what a samba song is all about. And if you could not, paying quite much attention to what she was actually singing. So this is a tambourine. Then, violão, the guitar. Cavaquinho. Then, apito, a whistle. The surdo, the bass drum. The cuica, now. And finally, the pandeiro. Which is the unofficial instrument of Brazil. It is probably the instrument more attached With Samba, this song, Alô, Fevereiro It's from Dotties Monteiro album of 1972, called Dotties. This particular song is written by Sidney Miller, and I actually mentioned one of his albums, Hero Brzezuki Sounds, in the episode 19, about the Song Livre record label. But anyway, I really like this song, exactly because of this clever arrangement of putting together all these instruments, how a samba song evolves, and it's actually very similar to a different song by Clara Nunes. But that one, instead of beginning with the percussion, begins with the strings.
0: Dei um aperto de saudade no meu tamborim. Molhei o pano da cuica com as minhas lágrimas. Dei meu tempo de espera para a marcação.
1: All so, right, this is also Clara Nunes singing about this instrument, the cavaquinho, tambourine cuica, surdo, only in a different order compared to the song that I showed you before. I even mentioned this Clara Nunes song before in the episode 2 of Berzica Sounds long time ago, obviously... Clara Nunes is considered the queen of samba. She became the first female singer in Brazil to sell over 100,000 copies of albums. So let's just keep going here. I'm gonna put together just three songs where the opening has the same structure. Again, the Doris Monteiro song that starts with the tamborim. And then comes the cavaquinho and cuica. Now the Clara Nunes songs that start with the of the strings. And then comes the percussion. All of this... So we can connect the next song on this episode by Cartola, which starts instead of tambourine and instead of the cavaquinho, starts with the bass drum and then afterwards comes the tambourine, the cuica and finally the strings.
0: It's
1: just marvelous, the song Alvorada, The Dawn, one of the most famous samba songs of all time in Brazil. Cartola, obviously, one of my favorite artists. He's been part of the older generation of samba songwriters, most of the times ignored by record labels. They did not release albums regularly. So many of those guys, they had their works only compiled at the end of their lives. This album here was his debut album, released in 1974, when he was already 66 years old. He obviously was already one of the greatest composers in the Brazilian samba circles. Whenever had actually an opportunity to record an album, for a lot of circumstances, racism among them. And Cartola had a hard-knock life. He lived in the favelas. He worked in a lot of odd jobs, such as washing cars, as a doorman, even with many of successful songs recorded by other artists. If you want to research deeply more about samba, Cartola's two first solo records are simply indispensable to start with. Both albums with iconic covers, 74, Cartola, and his big sunglasses. The 76 album, it is Cartola and his life partner Dona Zika Against a window in their home. The follow-up record of Cartola has melancholic tunes, and many people don't really associate samba and carnival in Brazil with sadness, but that is just a wrong assumption. Many, many, many samba songs. They are very melancholic, loneliness, breakup, and as I said before, hard not life.
2: Bate outra vez
0: com esperanças
1: o meu coração Hoje já Fai terminando o verão Enfim As rosas não falam. It's just in the Brazilian songbook really So Cartola really started recording later on in his life which is exactly the same case of our next guy over here, Nelson Cavaquinho. O sol, a debil- So Nelson has this nickname Cavaquinho after the four-strings instrument that resembles a ukulele, right? It's very part of samba groups. Cavaquinho obviously uh, has the strings tighter. It is pretty much the main component of the melodies in a samba song. Nelson Cavaquinho was part of the same kind of group where also were Cartola, Carlos Cachaça, and many others. Uh, Nelson Cavaquinho eventually sold many of his samba that he composed himself to make some extra money, and that's why the reason Cartola stopped making music with him in order for them to keep the friendship. And many of Nelson Cavaquinho's lyrics, they delve with death, such as this one in the background, just, just marvelous. Juízo Final, an iconic samba song in the Brazilian songbook, as well. Just like Artola, uh, Nelson Cavaquin was picked up by a record label only later in life. His self-titled album here, Nelson Cavaquin, released by Audion in 1973, he was 62 years old. Hey, so all these songs technically on the album are brand new right but in fact they were all songs written during his lifetime never recorded before, so some of the songs you here go as back as the 1930s and 40s. Phenomenal album all around, very melancholic as well, infused in this samba subgenre called Chorinho. Nelson Cavaquinho passed away in 1986, six years after Catala, by the way. And on to the next artist, one more day started recording only later in life sonho meu sonho meu
2: vai buscar quem mora longe sonho meu sonho meu sonho meu sonho meu sonho meu, sonho meu. vai buscar quem mora longe sonho meu vai mostrar esta saudade sonho meu com a
1: So this is Dona Ivone Lara. and you might recognize this song performed by Maria Bethânia with Gal Costa. And according to the legend, what happened was that Maria Bethânia was looking for new songs for her album at the time. And she met Dona Ivone Lara at the home of the guitarist Rosinha de Valença in Copacabana. It was there that Betania listened to the song for the first time, then still incomplete, but she liked it so much that she asked uh, Don Ivone Lara to record. And then Don Ivone wrote the rest of the lyrics that same evening. And Betania, of course, released in her album of 1978, singing when Gal Costa. As I said, Don Ivone Lara has also one of those fascinating stories, she was the first woman to be accepted into the circle of composers of samba schools in Rio de Janeiro, this is until in the 50s. Although she was primarily a working nurse, Music was really almost her hobby, but then, unfortunately, in 1975, her son uh, died in a car accident, and by consequence, her husband had a heart attack and also died. So, Dona Ivonilara Lara ended up retiring from nursing, and she began to dedicate herself to music only, and due to the success of that song, recorded by Maria Bethânia, Sonho Meu, Dona Ivone Lara signed a contract to record her first solo album. She was 56 years old when she did it.
2: Que vive em mim, tudo que é feliz já tem direito à eternidade. Porque sempre chega a vez de entrar em cena, a saudade, as sombras desta recordação.
1: So, all the songs in the background is from her second album, My Favorite, Sorriso de Criança. It is really the sound of a samba circle than an actual recording studio. I guess the delivery is a little more authentic to the roots of samba in Rio de Janeiro. Dona Ivone Lara, she died. In 2018, she was 96 years old. And if you like her, you're probably gonna like our next one. One more phenomenal black woman samba rider in the history of Brazil, Clementina de Jesus. <laughs> You can notice the style is already a little bit different, right? The song is called Piedade, What different here is really more immersed in African culture. Uh, most of the songs on Clementina de Jesus' uh, debut album of 1966 are mostly traditional chants. That's why you hear a lot of clapping, right? And the song is like a round table, really. It's a subgenre of samba called uh, Partido Alto, that's more improvised. Clementina de Jesus also had an incredibly life story. She worked as a maid for over 20 years. She only used to sing in her church or in the Sunday samba circles back in her neighborhood anything remotely close to professional until one day she was discovered by this record producer, and then she ended up recording this album in 1966, which is already way before all those other records that I was showing you here before. She was 65 years old, that's right, Clementina Jesus was born in 1901, and this record has an iconic cover too, she's dressed in a white African dress, and that's only her photo on a black background. And like I said before, all the songs on this record here are mostly just chants, just like uh, oral tradition passed from generation to generation. to Cartola, Nelson Cavaquinho and Dona Ivone Lara, Clementina de Jesus, she had a longer career, 13 LPs recorded between solo albums and collaborations she passed away in 1987, one very interesting trivia about this record of her of 1966, is one of the voices that we heard is sang by the one and only Paulinho da Viola This is one of the best songs ever written. Foi um rio que passou em minha vida That also is the name of the Paulinho da Viola album. Originally, Paulinho da Viola wrote that song to represent his samba school, Portela, in the carnival parade in Rio de Janeiro. And guess what? The song was not chosen by the by the Portela leaders, the, the voters. And to be quite honest, Portela actually won the Rio de Janeiro Carnival Parade that year. Looking back, it's tough to say that it was nearly a bad choice they made. Oh, This song on the background really became more famous. Obviously this, the samba parades are a little bit more of a niche. And this song from Paulinho da Viola it was in his album, which is more mainstream, could play on the radio and stuff like that. And this album foi um rio que passou em Minha vida. Foi um rio que It's only 27 minutes and 11 songs and it's a perfect album, top to bottom. My favorite is also one of those uh, traditional melancholic songs of Carnival, it's called Mesmo Sem Alegria. can listen to the song 18 hours in a row. Paulinho da Viola was only 28 years old. So as opposed to those old timers, he was very, very young when his career uh, took off in the Brazilian samba and the Brazilian mainstream audience. Just like this other guy here, Martinho da Vila.
0: Vejam esta maravilha de cenário. É um episódio relicário que o artista no sonho genial escolheu
1: para este carnaval. This is one of the most famous carnaval parade sambas ever. From the samba school Imperio Serrano from 1964, and he was not even a winner. And if you kind of don't understand, and I feel like I need to explain this a little bit more, the kind of a parade in Rio and São Paulo, they are kind of competitions, right? Every samba school they have 90 minutes to tell a story, normally related to the Brazilian history so they have like different blocks and sections, costumes, dancers, drumming section, floats, and obviously the song is also very important. And during the presentation of the schools they need to repeat this song. right? sing this song over and over during 90 minutes. So technically, None of these uh, songs, they are made for albums, right? Before the parade, specifically, because it's about having like a live reaction from the audience. It has to be very catchy. Better the audience understand the lyrics quickly, better they're gonna sing the song. Meaning that your story is being fully understood by those sixty thousand or seventy thousand people who actually attend a carnival parade in Brazil. So not every samba school song becomes a main street hit in Brazil. Quite the opposite, right? They are supposed to be very niche. But every now and then. Uh, artists record that song and that was the case of this one Aquarela do Brasil recorded by Martinho da Vila in his album of 1975 Martinho da Vila was a very mainstream artist already at the time competitions every year, there are around 12 samba schools competing against each other. Martinho da Vila, his nickname is related to one of those samba schools, Vila Isabel. And interestingly enough, when this particular song was presented during the carnival parade, it was made for a different school, as I said before, Imperio Serrano. So that only shows that all These samba schools, they were kind of interconnected, right? It was more like a different community, really, than a proper rivalry between them. So we have very famous samba schools like Mangueira, Salgueiro, Portela of Paulinho da Viola. And because of this song, the background was so famous at the time, Martinho da Vila ended up selling more than 600,000 copies from that album. Another very prominent song that became popular hit in Brazil and originally was written um, for the carnival parade. It's our next year, the song Festa para um Rei Negro. The party for a black king.
2: Oh, lele.
0: Oh, la, la. Pega Pega
1: this verse here even became very famous for football chants in Brazil. Oh Lele, Oh Lala. La. Romário is coming here, and he's going to get ya. And I'm saying Romário here, but every team will name a different player, uh, telling you that he's coming, and he's gonna get ya. So mostly of the songs written by Carnival Parades, they are related to black history in Brazil. And this particular one here actually won the competition in 1971, with the samba school Salgueiro. And Jair Rodrigues was a samba crooner, really. Almost all of his records has samba in the name somewhere. And he was actually not from Rio de Janeiro, he was from Sao Paulo. If you're familiar with the Portuguese language, you can even notice a very thick uh, Paulista accent in the way he sings the songs. And since we're talking about him, it has nothing to do with samba. What I'm gonna say next... Jail Rodrigues is pretty much considered the father of the rap in Brazil because of the song from 1964, Deixa Isso Pra Lá. Deixa Que Digam Que Pensem Que Falem. Deixa Isso Pra Lá, Vem Pra Cá, O Que É Que Tem. Eu Não Estou Fazendo Nada, Você Também. Faz Mal Bater Um Papo assim Gostoso Com alguém. Deixa Que Digam Que Pensem Que Falem. Deixa Isso Pra Lá, Vem Pra Cá, O Que É Que Tem. So this is considered the first rap in Brazil, também. right? Because of the flow, more spoken over the melody than properly sang. Jair Rodrigues was a, such a nice guy. I interviewed him once in my, my previous life as a radio broadcaster. So charismatic of a guy. Always telling you this endless histories about Brazilian music in the 60s and 70s. And as I said, he was one of the main mainstream singers of samba in Brazil. So let's continue here now with three Brazilian women samba makers.
0: acabar. samba. De samba pra gente,
1: samba. So this record, A Voz do Samba, from 75, the voice of Samba, and you can notice right, right away why she's the voice of Samba. So potent is her vocal style. This song is also iconic in Brazil. Não deixe Samba morrer. Don't let the Samba die. Alcione is up and running. Up to these days, this record here is very, very good, with a lot of partido autos, that subgenre I mentioned earlier, more improvised, with more chants and clapping. One of the songs that I really like here is Osurdo, Surdo, which has one of those common responses, with a lot of bass drum and cavaquinho, and then progressively has a crescendo with all the instruments, pandeiro, cuica, tamborim.
0: meu povo se alegrar Eu bato forte em você E aqui dentro do peito Uma dor me destrói Mas você me entende E diz que pancada de amor não dói Eu bato forte em você E aqui dentro do peito Uma dor me destrói Mas você me entende E diz que pancada de amor não dói
1: In the 1970s, Clara Nunes was on the Odeon record in the wake of her national explosion. So every record label tried to find their own Clara Nunes, and Alcione, it was signed with Philips, Philips, being at the time more connected with the intellectual MPB singers, right? Caetano Veloso, Chico Buarque, Maria Bethânia, Gal Costa, Jorge Ben, all of them they were in Philips and this was the record label opened their doors a little bit more to the mainstream genres like samba and Alcione clearly put that door down She ended up recording many, many records uh, for Philips with more than a dozen mainstream songs, just like our next singer here from Rio de Janeiro, Betty Carvalho. So I said earlier, almost every of these female singers, they have some connection with Clara Nunes. And in the case of Betty Carvalho, her first record in 1969, it was released by the Odeon Records. It was totally different. She was more into the Bossa Nova style, but she was kind of dumped by the record label, kind of because of Clara Nunes. Betty Carvalho, even later in her career, she always had some kind of a grudge towards... Clara, because of that situation, which is kind of unfortunate. It was more something related to the record labels than the artists, per se. So Betty Carvalho ended up like jumping from label to label. Betty Carvalho actually put light on the work of all those old-timers, Nelson Cavaquinho, Cartola, recording their songs and ultimately making labels interested by their music as well until she finally got her big break for a major label, the RCA Victor, in 1978, with this record on the background called "Japan Pé no Chão. This song on the background was called Vou Festejar, it's really on the Brazilian karaoke, everybody knows. Uh, this song that was written by a new guy in the scene, at the time, Jorge Aragão, today one of the most famous Brazilian samba makers of all time as well, and that's why uh, Betty Carvalho was known as the godmother of Samba, because she was always putting light on the songwriters that she really admired. Samba was, and probably still is, a little bit of a man's private club. And very interesting about this record, De shown, it is that Betty was the only woman among 18 men and the back backover, of the album, so that only shows how difficult he was, and also at the same time, only shows how talented Betty Carvalho was. we're gonna finish it off this uh, podcast here and it will be just be impossible go without mentioning Elsa Suarez who who passed away a couple weeks ago really It is just the name of Brazilian samba in the 1960s and the 1970s. More than a dozen uh, samba records she put out by the Audion record label. And again, they kind of replace an old timer like Elsa Suarez by. A New Girl in Town, which was Clara Nunes. And then Elsa Suarez, in the early 70s, ended up putting records this independent label called Tape Car, the same as Betty Carvalho in the beginning. Those four records released by Tape Car, they are my favorites of Elsa Suarez. Other than the Samba songs, the record has also this more infused uh, with funk and other afro beats. Obviously, it's just my personal taste, but this is my own podcast, so I guess I can play my own favorite songs if I want to. That being said, I'm gonna finish it up this samba special with a song which is not even in samba. A deusa do Rio Niger Beautiful, right? What a great voice, Elsa Suárez And this is a wrap for today, folks With this beautiful song in the background I'm going out Don't forget to follow me on Instagram I'm there as The Brazooka Sounds All the songs that I play here in this show Are compiled on a playlist on Spotify called Soundtrack Brazooka Sounds. Stay care over there. Try to love each other.
2: Bye-bye. <laughs>
0: This was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli.
2: Thank you for listening and see you next time.